1: This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi Ah. on your radio
0: and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Ah.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi, Monday afternoon with you, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Riffey. Glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. You can find them online at mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. At Mississippi Land Bank, they've been financing land for over 100 years. That means they kind of understand how the business works. And So if you're a farmer with equipment needs, needing to buy a new land, uh, new land uh, refinance an existing loan, or perhaps get a production loan, Mississippi Land Bank can help. Not a farmer, but you want to build a house in the country, maybe buy a piece of property for hunting or other recreational activities, well, that's also right up Mississippi Land Bank's alley. You can find their locations in North Mississippi on the website, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. On what for a lot of people is a celebratory Monday, there is also a, a bit of somberness to this day on a couple of fronts. One, the state of Mississippi was uh, was rocked by some uh, some rough weather over the uh, weekend on Saturday night. Uh, pretty significant damage in Vicksburg, also in Hamilton in the Golden Triangle area. A lot of severe thunderstorms, uh, some tornadoes, some significant damage and loss of life. And so, for all of those uh, affected by the bad weather on Saturday night, we're thinking about you and. Uh, for those who uh, lost lives or loved ones or friends, certainly our prayers go out to you. And then also, on a more global stage, the pictures that are coming out of Paris with the uh, the fire that's happening at uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral, uh, with its rose glass, over 800 years old construction that began in the 1100s and finished in the 1200s, just Horrifying pictures for one of the uh, the great historical landmarks, not just in Paris, there in France, but in the entire world. Over twelve million visitors a year to uh, to that structure. Uh, I was fortunate to visit Notre Dame back in, uh, I guess, the early two thousands. It is a remarkable structure. I guess I should say was a remarkable structure. And holy cow, the pictures that go along with that. If you saw the the collapse of the uh, the steeple or the spire. Uh, just into flames and kind of exploding and tearing down the roof uh, just kind of some harrowing pictures out of there So uh, a tinge of somberness as well. Morky, have you seen those pictures and that video coming out of Paris?
1: yeah I have it's it's unbelievable to watch and especially because it's if you've watched any movie that involves France whatsoever, that's like the central image you know so even though I've never been there, I've seen that thing just in passing and movies and pop culture and uh, for years. And I never really knew or understood the history behind it until I see it trending on Twitter today. This is the sign of the times. And I look it up on Google and read about yeah. how old it is. And it's the central focal point of uh, so many people's religious experience. And to see that burn the way it is today is just
2: brutal. Yeah. Really um, remarkable images coming out of uh, Paris with the fire at, uh, at Notre Dame. Like I said, I was there in, uh, I guess it was 2000, maybe spring of 2000. And just the size and the scope of the building is, the, the pictures don't really do it justice. Obviously, the rose windows, the big round rose windows, rose glass windows are uh, kind of what stands out, but the flying buttresses, uh, it was interesting as I was reading some of uh, the, the stories about it today and the way it was constructed that basically an entire forest was cut down to provide the, the beams for the, the roof, the ceiling. And each beam is made from an individual tree. They cleared like 52 acres of forest to uh, get the beams from that. And so you have wooden beams up there that are 800 years old, uh, obviously pretty susceptible to, uh, to fire. And uh, it has burned just out of control almost and uh, some question as to whether or not the walls will continue to stand. Hey Dad Rippy, have either of you guys ever been to Paris? have you seen that in person?
0: I have not, have not ever, I have not ever not never traveled out of the country so uh, no, but uh, as a you know Catholic you know that's one of the uh, you know the 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 most a lot of priceless historic relics are in there, you know yeah going all the way back to the uh, The times of jesus so you know a lot of history is in danger and hopefully they'll be able to save some of those those uh, relics before this is all over
3: yeah i haven't been to paris or seen it either but pretty scary stuff
2: yeah it is i mean artwork and as you said historic religious relics apparently some of those had been removed because of some of the construction that was going on uh i don't think there's an official word as to what caused the start of the fire um other than it was possibly related to the uh, the construction and some of the renovation that was going on. Uh, I think I saw a report that said it had begun in an attic. But again, the, the scale of that of that cathedral is just so massive. It's hard even looking at the pictures and some of the live video that you see to, to wrap your mind around just how big a structure it is. Uh, and then obviously you were dealing with uh, about rush hour in, uh, in Paris. I think the uh, the initial report came at 550 uh, p.m. Paris time, and so a lot of people out looking and watching, and it made it hard for firefighters and rescue workers to get there, so a, uh, a colossal mess, to, uh, to give the understatement of maybe the century in referring to that. There was a lot of good stuff this weekend. Uh, on the baseball diamond, Mississippi State gets a sweep of Alabama. Alabama really not competitive in any of the three games. Mississippi State rolls to the uh, three wins over the weekend. We'll get to that coming up in just a little while. We'll talk with Scott Barry. We'll also talk with Mike Bianco this afternoon. Chris Lamonis was unable to join us today. Uh, a Masters for the ages. And Jim Gallagher is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour to recap yesterday at Augusta. Uh, Borky, did you miss a single shot yesterday? Not one. Uh, I was glued. I rolled out of bed and rolled right to the couch, which I
1: know it's not good for television ratings and stuff, but I wish they would do that more. That was so nice that was waking great. up and going straight to golf. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: It's almost like living on the West Coast. Just roll out of bed, sports. There it is. Yeah. It's
2: about the only thing that I can come up that I like the time zone, uh, the, yeah. the West Coast yeah. time zone
3: for. No, I
0: agree.
3: I agree. Um but that's pretty cool. It was uh, it was pretty remarkable theater yesterday, Rippy. It was, and it was like he was just kind of the last guy standing. Like everyone just kind of crumbled around him, and he kept plodding along. And you know, which he probably deserved because I mean, he shot what sixty four in the final round of the PGA, and just Brooks Koepka was kind of unflappable. Kind of the same thing with the Open Championship with Molinari. It was so close and. It finally kind of all the stars aligned.
2: Yeah, and, and Frankie Molinari had not made a bogey or what? Had made one bogey through 50, let's see, 54 plus set through like his first 61 holes of the tournament and then kind of had it unravel, I think starting at seven, uh, made a bogey there and then had the issues on 12 and some more issues on the back nine. I, I was listening to a, a, a golf broadcast, the, the PGA Tour radio earlier today and guy said, well, did Tiger win it or did everybody else lose it? And I think that's kind of an unfair question because all of those things go into winning or not winning a golf tournament because you really only have the ability to control what you do. You can't control what everybody else around you does. Tiger played an incredibly mature round. I was talking to Jim Gallagher earlier today, and he said he played the golf course the way Jack Nicklaus would have played the golf course yesterday. Uh, not attacking the pin on 16, making sure that he is on safely at uh, at 12 and not trying to take too aggressive of a line, and largely avoided trouble. He avoided danger. And then Tiger said in his post-round press conference he didn't think he missed a shot on the back night. He flushed everything, which is impressive. For, for a guy who just a couple of years ago couldn't walk, Like he couldn't get. He he said he hurt when he sat down. He hurt when he lay down. He hurt when he walked. He could barely walk. He's had his back fused together, and he goes out and doesn't just win. He wins at the Masters.
3: Yeah, I thought. Like always, go back whenever Tiger's in contention and reread that Wright Thompson story on him. And one of the hundred anecdotes in that story. That makes it so remarkable is like four years ago he fell down in his backyard without a phone and just like had to wait on one of his kids to find him and like go get help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he couldn't get up.
2: Like a bad joke, but it was the I fall I've fallen I can't get up
3: commercial. Yeah, and now he's winning I, majors again. I mean, that's that's
1: there are so many layers to why yesterday was special, and that's that's the one, isn't it? It's because I mean, not even two years ago. The conversation was still being had whether or not he should just hang it up completely and never yeah. play the game again. He had his spine fused together within two years ago.
3: He was telling people at the Champions Dinner in 2017, I guess, that he was probably done. And now he's setting the menu next year. Is he going to go back to cheeseburgers?
0: All I know is you guys need to get over to the putt-putt course so you can start predicting these things a little bit better.
2: Yeah, because that's where you're spending your time?
0: That's Hey, you said it last week. You made the comment about butt put but one guy picked Tiger Woods to win.
2: You did. Borky, have you tabulated the results of all of our Masters picks with I, the way that, uh, that you were putting them together?
0: I have not. I'll do it here uh, at the break. I had Woods and Kepka, so I must be pretty good.
2: You're in pretty good shape, but remember, you're taking f- six scores, I think is what Borky Five. said. Five scores? Five, Five out of the eight. eight scores yeah. will count top 5 scores will count. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Back with you Sports Talk Mississippi. On this Monday afternoon, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, we'll get our uh, our masters totals all put together coming up in uh, in just a bit and uh, take a look at how everybody uh, finished out. Cory in Cleveland asks on the C-Spire text line, which of you mentioned Paul Casey? Riffy, you want to raise your hand?
3: Yeah. I didn't realize the guy was just going to go out there and just disgrace himself the way he did. I mean, it was unbelievable.
2: <laughs> he kind of did that. Scott, what is it you like to say? This guy's got a family. Just. Yeah. Um
3: until he, he wins next year. Oh, yeah. He was just too you, busy
1: worried someone was going to get a hold of his cell phone. Have you seen his cell phone cover? It is no. his a modeling photo of his wife in like a bikini. It's the most bizarre thing you've ever seen on the ba- the very back of his cell phone. That's all it is. is just a picture of his wife, like not like them on a beach, like her in some kind of professional model pose, like wearing just that on the back of
2: his cell phone. Well, okay, weird Good for guy. Him. Uh, let's dive a little deeper into the Masters. So first uh, first Masters win since 2005, first major since 2008. First time in 15 majors that Tiger has come from behind to win in the final round. In his previous 14 wins, he had either led or been tied for the lead. So he was either solo by himself or uh, tied for the lead going into Sunday. The moment and the image that a lot of people have latched onto is, um, Post-round was when he, he walked up after making the putt and kind of celebrated with his caddy and uh, kind of acknowledged the crowd in and around the green. He, he went, and his son Charlie was the uh, the first one that came to him. And CBS did a nice job of kind of blending that with the 1997 hug that Tiger had with his, uh, with his father uh, as he was coming off the green in nearly the exact same spot. Uh, where he hugged and embraced his father and it's kind of come full circle 22 years later where he is hugging his son. Uh, that uh, that image did it do anything for you yesterday?
0: Yeah, I won't lie. There, there may have been some dust in the air when that when that happened. I mean, it's a great moment no matter who it is, right? I mean, you know you, you come off the green and there's your family there and, and I mean that's that's true for any sporting event. But for Tiger and and knowing what we know about him and and how far he's had to come back, yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely something special about that. And then when you, you compare it and put it next to the picture of him and his father, there, there's that's definitely something there too. That there's no question. No, no. Anybody with a heart had to feel something.
2: Borky, did that get you yesterday? <laughs> yeah, it
1: did. And, and I did not expect to get any kind of emotional during that. You had all kinds of people, of course. What they do on social media, act like they're crying during that moment. Well. He gave the fist pump, and obviously it was different for him. The way he acted after that tournament, more than the other 14 majors, that one was different. I didn't feel anything until that moment right there. and When, when the family gets involved, and CBS and Jim Nance, that was perfect from a broadcasting standpoint, too. They, they let the moment just be itself. Jim Nance said his, uh, his line that I'm sure he thought up of all day long, even though it wasn't a very good one for his standards. What was it? Uh, return to glory? Could have done better, Jim. But he didn't say another word for four consecutive minutes. Nobody on the broadcast said anything. They just let the crowd and Tiger in the moment be itself, and that was incredible television.
2: Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I thought from a broadcast standpoint they did a nice job. Now, at the end, I admit I was doing a baseball game so I was having to watch with the, the volume off but certainly the pictures and to me that's the that, that I think there are two things about Augusta that that really stand out more than anything that make it so special. one the images are just breathtaking it, it's so even on a day when it was cloudy like yesterday it's so green and it's so plush and you've got the azaleas in bloom and the the contrast between the white sand bunkers and the greens, uh, and the patrons, and and just all of it. The, the pictures are fantastic. But then the other thing is it's played at the same place every year, so the U.S. Open rotates. You have iconic pictures with the Open Championship, but it's only at St. Andrews every five years. You know, the PGA Championship is this amalgamation of courses that are really good, like it's going to be at Bethpage Black this year, but it's somewhere different every single year. It, it's different because at Augusta, you've heard Michael Borke say before, When he was in junior high or high school, he could map out the entire course and did that to like pass the time in class when he wasn't paying attention. We've all seen the pictures. You you know what Amen corner looks like. You know where you've got to hit shots. You, You know with that Sunday location at 16 that the right play is to try and hit it off the slope and let it trickle down to the hole, that you can't attack it directly. You know that the safe play on 12, is to hit it to the big si- big part of the green, over the bunker, that, that you've got a really small strip of land if you attack the pin directly on 12 on Sunday. All of that institutional knowledge that isn't just for the golfers, but it's for the fans because they watch the exact same course, and the breakdown is, you know, uh, with modifications to the course, slight modifications to the course every couple of years. It's basically the same golf course that it's been for the last five, six, seven decades
0: and so that sort of plays into these veterans hands that's why it's always surprising it shouldn't be because you know it's going to happen right but when new guys somebody new wins the masters it's always like oh wow they came out of nowhere to win the Ma-. but somebody like tiger and they, they really talked about it a couple of times about some of the shots he played just that's the veteran move that's the you know knowing the course and all that so yeah that that that, that made it it made it fun to watch because you know, for the past five, six, seven, eight, 10 years, he knows what shots to make. His body wouldn't let him make those shots. Now that everything's working in concert again, you get to see it again. That that that's fun to watch for me.
3: It was different. It doesn't beat yesterday. you up like the opens do either.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now the the
2: Open Championship is a little bit different because that's usually a pretty fair layout.
3: But you never know what the weather's going to be. You don't
2: know what the weather's going to be. And I think that's part of what's cool about the Open Championship. I like the bad weather element that goes along with the Open Championship. But if it's just a dry, baked-out course, you can see low numbers. It almost never happens. It's like the U.S. Open. The, the guys at the USGA are sitting back going, hey, hey, hey 12 under won the U.S. Open. Not going to happen at Pebble Beach. And it was which there. is, Which is kind of a bummer because that was great golf. It was it was a fair test. The opportunity to make birdies was were there, but you were also penalized
3: for for making bad shots. And this, was I don't not, mind the U.S. Open carnage, though.
0: Oh no. like, the U.S. Open kind of for me, I, I want to see carnage because I expect it coming in. It's it's like you know watching a, a NASCAR race. You know you're sort of watching for the wrecks.
2: <laughs> I suppose that's a uh, that's a fair way to uh, to look at it. It was different well, one uh, yesterday.
1: Go ahead, go ahead, Borky. Uh, Just uh, the atmosphere. So you mentioned that there was this idea that that Tiger didn't really have to do a whole lot, and he really didn't because uh, Francesco was the one one guy that could have ruined our day. If Tiger Woods played just okay or well enough, he was going to win with the exception of Francesco Molinari. When he hit that ball in the water on 12, I've never – I watch the Masters every year closely. I've only been on the grounds twice, but I have never – heard an audible cheer when a player makes a mistake before. But when that, when that ball went in the water on 12 from Molinari, people were excited. It was a completely different atmosphere. So, I, no, I don't think that guys are scared of him, him anymore. Seeing Woods on the leaderboard, they're not wired that way. And I don't think Molinari's that way either. He won a major championship. Tiger Woods didn't scare him yesterday. But the fact that everybody on the grounds wanted you to lose and were actively cheering against you is something that none of those players have been in before, especially at a place like Augusta, where decorum is at an all-time high. I've never
3: seen anything like that before. Well, Cantley became, like, public enemy number one for a hot yeah. second there. He got to 12-under, and everybody was like, Yo, who is this scrub? It's like, oh, I mean, this guy's poker has to come together, but he's one of the best amateur players ever, like, top 25 player in the world, and... Everybody's like, I "Can't believe this guy's going to ruin it for us." It was almost like the audacity of him to get to 12 under, <laughs> yeah, and then buried. he checked a leaderboard and probably needed new shorts. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I need to
2: uh, change. I got an extra pair of
3: pants. We immediately went what <laughs> rain mode pants, mode? please? Rain pants. I'm going to go to the restroom,
2: and put on my rain pants. Uh, hey, Dad, we talked about something after you were gone on Thursday with regard to uh, what the stakes were for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have tabulated the scores. Okay. You may think that you have won. Oh, here we go. I'm just saying, so I guess after the fact, without knowing all the scores, I need to know if you're on board with what we decided the stakes were. The four of us are going to go to dinner. Okay. The winner, overall, gets their meal paid for. Mm -hmm. The other three split the ticket three ways, and whoever finishes dead last is responsible for the entire tip. You okay with that?
0: I, I don't think I finished dead last, so yeah, I'm in, sure.
2: All right. Borky, you want the left. you want the results? Bring it to me. Brian Hay adds five golfers that. Well, I tell you what, we'll give the we'll give the results when we come back. We got we got time. I want to give you who the picks were for each person who didn't make the uh, cut, and then what the final numbers were. We'll do that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. I promise you the results of our uh, Masters contest. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Right now, though, let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Scott Berry joins us head baseball coach at uh, Southern Miss. Golden Eagles now 21 and 12 overall, 11 and 4 in conference play. Lost the first two on the road this weekend against FIU, then came back and they were able to get a Sunday win on getaway day 15 to 7. Yesterday, Coach. All in all, though, a, a tough week for your ball club, losing three or four on the week. What's kind of the mood around the clubhouse right now with uh, with your guys as you try to get back to work?
4: Well, you know, obviously we're disappointed in uh, the outcome of the week, Richard. You know, we just but, you know, if you look at how we played, uh, you know, we we didn't really give ourselves too get a chance to, to win those games that we lost, you know, or you look back Tuesday at, at Pearl with the Ole Miss game, and then the fifth inning, the, the uh, I'm sorry, I think it was the sixth inning, it got away from us. If, if we make a play, we come out of that inning, uh, you know, tied two to two. Uh, as a result, uh, we don't. It's three to two, and then if we make another play, then we come out of there three to two. But we don't, and uh, now all of a sudden you you see a two to one lead going in the bottom of the sixth, uh, now all of a sudden you're behind 6-2. to two, And then the momentum just continued to go in, in, um, in Ole Miss's way, and, and they created that momentum for themselves. So missed opportunities earlier in the game for us to extend, those, extend that lead. Uh, certainly uh, gave momentum to, to Ole Miss and, and able enough not to extend it. We saw the same thing really on Friday and Saturday. Really saw a really good pitcher on Friday at at FIU and Logan Allen. He may end up being the uh, conference pitcher of the year when it's all said and done. Averaging 12 Mm -hmm. strikeouts on on the year with each start. He had 13 against us. But, you know, we were able to get him out after six innings. We got the pitch count up there, 121 pitches. He came out, and uh, we were down two, once again, Created some opportunities, we weren't able to get them in less than two outs, and with the runners in scoring position, and we just we saw those opportunities uh, uh, give way to to a loss on Friday, and, and really the same thing on Saturday. So yesterday we were able to salvage one game. Uh, you know, obviously that was the best we could do, and and we saw ourselves in that same situation two weeks ago at San Antonio. Uh, so you know we avoided the sweep, which was is, is always so devastating to any any team whatever you get swept
2: on the weekend and and coach when you look up in the overall conference standings and i I know you've got to look at the entire big picture but sitting just one game behind florida atlantic at 11 and 4 with a lot of baseball still to play do, do you talk about that with your team about kind of where you are in the big picture or do you focus more specifically on on just playing better yourselves and maybe kind of let the results take care of themselves
4: well, a little of both. You know, yesterday before, before we took the field, you know, I did mention where everybody was, uh, ourselves, Louisiana Tech, and, and FAU in the standings. And, you know, this is, this is where we are today. But at, at the end of the day, we need to be concerned about ourselves, not, not others and, and what they're doing. And we need to concentrate on doing the things that allow us to, to win baseball games. So, you know, we're at the halfway point right now in conference play. Uh, you know, 15 games in, and uh, like I said, we're 11 and four, and one game out of first behind FAU. You know, uh, Louisiana Tech's playing really good baseball. We swept them opening weekend, at their place on the road, and since then they've really kind of kicked it in gear. Not only in in on the weekend, but they've also done it in midweek games too, which is important. So they're probably playing as good as anybody in our in our conference right now.
2: You mentioned a second ago, kind of starting out talking about the Ole Miss game on on Tuesday night, and then going into the weekend, the the need to make a play, uh, you know, one play to get off the field. C- can that become something that that's kind of contagious, one way or the other? Where where if you find yourself not making a play to get out of a situation, you, you look up in another game and it feels like it repeats itself. But if maybe you're able to get one of those plays where you you make the big play or the right pitch to get off the field that you can also kind of lean on that experience when you get into a tough situation going forward? Does that even make sense? No,
4: it makes perfect sense, absolutely. And, you know, that's what's eluded us this year. Usually we're very good defensively, and we right. usually don't beat ourselves. The last few years we haven't beat ourselves, but, you know, this year we're fielding 958. I mean, we got 54, 54 errors now and, uh, in 33 games. I mean, that's a lot of errors. That's a lot of mistakes that's a lot of mental errors leading to physical mistakes you know you're going to make physical errors that's just the way it is i mean everybody's going to make them whether it's catching a ball throwing a ball whatever you know my problem here is is how much does the mental side play into the physical error which mental errors is what we have to eliminate Uh, and if we can do that then we're going to eliminate a lot of physical errors but you know that's that's been our problem so far this year is, is playing that good clean defense and just like the Ole Miss game in the six. You know, we make a play there at first base. We get out of that inning two to two. And as a result, that, that snowballed on us. And, uh, you know, we, we finished that inning down six to two against a good Ole Miss team that has has a really strong end that can come in and shut you down and do the things that need do to do to win baseball games. So, you know, we saw the same thing on Friday night. We had a play up the middle that we knocked down, but we don't get the force out. If we get the force out, it could be a different inning, but we weren't able to scramble enough to, to get that out. Once again, we're talking about making that play to, to, to try to limit the damage that's going to take place or could take place.
2: Final thought from you today on, on this week coming up. Got to go to Mobile tomorrow night for uh, a game against South Alabama, a team you've already seen once, and then back home. I know always good to get back home, but a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So uh, uh, with this being Easter week, everybody – uh, most everybody plays Thursday, Friday, Saturday now, so kind of a compact week where you're going to play four games in five days.
4: It is, you know, uh, you know, tomorrow night we go to South Alabama. Always a tough place to play down there. We played them earlier two weeks ago uh, and jumped out five to nothing, only to see us score one more run, but to see them score 15 runs. So, you know, a bad night of baseball. Probably the worst game we played all year was against South Alabama that night. Overall, just. Concentration level, intensity, everything that that you need not to happen to in order to try to win a baseball game showed up that that uh, that weekend. Of course, we followed or that night. Of course, we followed up that weekend with a sweep of Marshall. Uh, Right. So you know, tomorrow night it's an important game. It's probably the most important uh, because it's the next one on our schedule, and that's how we try to really simplify things. of importance, It's the one that we're fixing to play is the most important. But we move forward from there into, to a weekend with Charlotte, who took two out of three from Rice this past weekend, who Rice has been up and down all year. They've kind of flirted back and forth, and Charlotte kind of struggled out the gates, but they've played here uh, better of late. So, you know, the way that we're kind of playing, honestly, every day is an absolute challenge to go out and, and do the things that it takes to win baseball games. But you know that's the challenge of it, and that's honestly that's the, the fun part of going out there and compete.
2: So a trip to Mobile tomorrow night, then Charlotte coming to the Pete for a series that starts on Thursday night. Scott, always appreciate your time. Good visiting with you this afternoon.
4: Same here, Richard. Thank you.
2: Scott Perry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss, they're twenty one and twelve overall, and uh, eleven and four in the league, which is good for second place only one game behind FAU who leads in Conference USA at 12 and 3 that Charlotte team coming in this weekend they're below 500 for the year 14 20 and 1 and 5 9 and 1 in league play so an opportunity coming up for Southern Miss to get things moving back in the uh, the right direction when they hit the diamond but again a kind of a compact week with a game on Tuesday then you turn around and play Thursday Friday and Saturday. That's Scott Berry on the Farm Bureau phone line. We visit with him on Mondays each week. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That's Farm Bureau across the state of Mississippi. All right, so here are our Masters picks. Um, the way Borky set it up, he had the top 25 players, 26 through 50, and then the rest of the field. You had to pick three players out of the top twenty-five, three out of that second group, and then two from the remaining group. So you had a total of eight players picked. Five scores were thrown out. So your three your, scores. I, I'm were sorry. Thrown. I'm sorry. Yes, you, you were keeping five scores. Your three highest scores were thrown out, and then we were taking the total of your remaining five players. Uh, let's go in reverse order. The big loser. So he'd have the T box on 17 and 18, just not in our uh if we were playing Wolf, but not in this game. The big loser is Brian Scott Rippy. The three guys that he had to throw out were Paul Casey, who missed the cut, who he, he thought had a chance to win. Brendan Grace, who was five over, and Cameron Smith, who was two over. The five go- golfers that Rippey was able to keep Fowler, Shambo Spieth, Siwoo Kim, and Keith Mitchell, a combined twenty five under par. So he finishes dead last, which means not only does he get a third of the bill at dinner, the tip is on him. And don't be cheap with the tip. We're a 20% crew around here. Uh, I'm sending all of this to Paul Casey. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> I hope the reimbursement check uh, comes. Uh, finishing third, which means a third of the bill, is uh, me. I only had one golfer out of all eight that finished over par. Everybody made the cut. Zach Johnson was plus five. That got thrown out. Tommy Fleetwood got thrown out. Henrik Stinson got thrown out. My keepers, Dustin Johnson was the best at 12-under. Uh, JT at 8-under. Hideki Matsuyama at 3-under. Adam Scott and Patton Kazire both at 6-under. So we've got Rippy dead last, cross third. Who gets their dinner paid for, and who has to split the bill by a third? We'll give you the answer to that when we come back. Is it Bork, or is it hey Dad? Might be close. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Sports Talk Mississippi with you Monday afternoon. So we established that uh, Brian Scott Rippey's picks for the Masters went a combined 25 under, and that is good enough for him to be in dead last place. It's almost like he played in a four-man scramble on a team that made six pars. What is being second to last get you? Not having to pay the tip. Okay. I'm also 10 shots clear of you. 10 shots! I think it's second loser. Well, It may be.
0: If you ain't first, but, you're last.
2: Eh, fair enough, except in this case, if uh, you're not last, then you don't pay the tip. So, uh, Rippy's guys were 25 under. Mine were 35 under. At 36 under, three players that uh, Michael Borky had eliminated were Martin Keimer, Jimmy Walker, and Tommy Fleetwood, all of which made the cut, worth noting. His keepers were Dustin Johnson at 12-under, Kisner at 5-under, Spieth at 5-under, Ian Poulter at 8-under, and Adam Scott at 6-under for a minus 36. And Brian Haydad, had three. he picked eight golfers Three of them missed the cut. Missed but. the cut. Justin Rose missed the cut. Fred Couples missed the cut. And Rippy and I were talking about, we didn't even know that Mike Weir still played golf.
3: I don't think he does.
2: But for some reason, Haydad picked Mike Weir, who missed the cut. Adam Scott was 6-under. Jordan Spieth was 5-under. And Henrik Stenson was 2-under. But he made two really good picks. Tiger Woods, who won the tournament at 13 under par. Brooks Kepka, who finished second at 12 under par. Hey Dads, five golfers combined to go 38 under. And he is the winner of the Masters pool for the, uh, the four of us here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Woo!
0: Ah! Man. That feels good. I'm not going to lie to you. Does it? Uh, it feels great. It's great to be a winner, a champion. Me and Tiger, we got something in common this weekend.
2: We should have. Just I'm gonna go home. We I'm, had to get, gonna, get you a green I will jacket. Get,
0: when I get home, I will have my wife record me hugging my children. We can all have a moment.
2: <laughs> go ahead. Continue to gloat. Continue to bask. It's Do not gonna last. You think I'm gloating now? Wait till you see the bill.
3: Woo! Sounds like I would have been better off picking Jack Nicholas and Gary Player.
2: Also two that missed the cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hit the
3: fairway on one, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did that. Uh, so the way it's going to work out, Hate Dad will eat for free. That's right. Borky, Rippy, and I will split the gross bill three ways, and then Rippy will fill out on his check a 20% tip that covers the entire bill.
3: Just googled Paul Casey Venmo or mailing address. <laughs> there
2: you go. You better get it in Venmo, or you'll be waiting a while. You'll, you'll get a, a whole lot of checks in the mail. Goodness. All right, that was fun. That was fun. We, we should do that for each of the uh, each of the majors this year. Done. I'm in. I'm done.
0: Yeah. I mean, I. I yeah, don't I'm think sure I'll win again. I'm sure you're in. I'm sure. I don't think hey, I'll Dad. win again. We and, and honestly, you know, for football this upcoming season, we should put together a big prize for something like that.
2: We've actually got some uh, some cool stuff that is coming up when football season rolls around for uh, our picks contest this year. Uh, and may even try and figure out a way to uh, incorporate a little bit of a contest for the uh, the listeners as well. Uh, but there will be a more stringent scorekeeping tally, and uh, the the rules won't be nearly as loose as we pick against the spread this coming football season. And uh, I think we've got a new partner coming on board. That is uh, is pretty excited about it as well. So more of those details to uh, to come down the line. Right now, let's go to the C Spire text line. Check out uh, C Spire. Is your phone a little rough around the edges? Finally, there's a single place you can trust for all your phone repairs, and that's C Spire. C Spire stores from Brandon to Tupelo are now certified phone repair locations. They can fix any problem on any device from any carrier. In most cases, while you wait, stop by today. C Spire. Customer Inspired. The number, 601-879-4395. Dan in Charleston says, Kudos to Tiger. I love a good comeback story. And you know what I think people love more than a good comeback story? And I'm not talking about you, Dan, specifically. I was talking with somebody about this over the weekend. What people love is to see somebody on top who goes tumbling off the mountain. And I don't know that there's ever been a more spectacular tumble off the mountain than what Tiger Woods went through only to see them turn around, climb back up the mountain, stand on top, and raise their hands in the air, in this case while wearing a green jacket. Corey in Cleveland says the intimidation factor for Tiger was back yesterday. Uh, Here's a suggestion of sending the bill to Phil Mickelson as he's developed a reputation of throwing $100 bills around.
3: The way he murdered Matt Kuchar, I'm not sure I want to test Phil right now. Yeah, but then Matt Kuchar murdered him on the course. Which one are you going to remember?
2: That's a good point. Uh, question from Stan and Ripley. If Kepka had made the birdie putt at 18, would Tiger have played his third shot closer to the pin coming up on the final hole? 100%. No question he would have played it differently. Yeah. No question. Philippin and Starkwell uh, says that uh, being Haydad is on a diet, he may be the one that we want to uh, buy dinner. Um, there you go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Does Rippy need a GoFundMe account for the dinner? <laughs> More coming up in the Renaissance Bank studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that was a fast first hour. Glad to have you along on this Monday. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippy. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. We're going to miss out on Chris Lamona's today. He had some other responsibilities, didn't have time to join us. We will talk some Mississippi State baseball coming up in just a little while. We'll also get into uh, the news out of Baton Rouge. Nothing like a Sunday night news dump that happens while the NBA playoffs are going on after the Masters and right before the uh, start of some new TV series that apparently lots of people cared about. It's not new. It's not new at all. A new a new season. Sorry, I should have said new season instead of new series. Yeah, Johnny Iron Chair time. over there. <laughs> Seventeen million people watched
1: it live via HBO. That doesn't count at all. App viewers, oh. and they expect that number to get up into the forties because since it's on HBO, there's delayed
2: viewing. Did so, more people watch the Masters final round yesterday or Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones by a, quite a long shot. Yep. What is wrong with you people?
1: <laughs> what if we watched both? Yeah, exactly.
2: What is wrong with you people who chose Game of Thrones over the final round of the Masters? We didn't have tell to, you who I in the morning. I tell you who I don't want to sit down and have dinner with. <laughs> <laughs> All of those people. Did you watch Game of Thrones last night, Rippy? I've, I've never seen an episode. You, know, you and I are on team, never seen an episode. I'm sure it's great. I, just, I don't feel like I have time for another series in my life right now.
1: Especially now that it would be 70 hours worth of TV you'd have to catch up on between now and Sunday. Yeah, but I did sit
2: up late last night and watch Billions. So
1: I'm two that.
3: episodes behind in that. Yeah, I am going to catch up on that. Hey, it's time for Winners and Losers!
5: All I, all I, all I, all I do is
2: We got winners, we got losers,
4: Americans love a winner, and will not tolerate a loser, winner
2: never win, and a winner never win. Sports Talk Mississippi, glad to have you along, winners and losers, what did you like from the weekend, what did you not like from the weekend, I got this text from my wife. Baseball games going on. She knows I'm following the Masters while I am working the uh, the doubleheader yesterday with Ole Miss and Kentucky. And I got these this series of texts. She sent me the cat emoji, to which I responded with the tiger emoji, and she said, "Yeah, that one. My bad." <laughs> Followed it up with, "Can't stop watching the Masters, like glued to it, and keep trying to walk away." Next text: I'm nervous. Next text: Ah! Next text, this is when he hit the shot on 16. It was so close. Next text, I don't even like Tiger, and I'm crying. That's the captivation that you had yesterday. My kids woke up from naps. We actually got all three of them to take naps. Jane actually got all three of them to take naps yesterday. They watched a lot of the replay, the encore presentation. I got home from the ballpark last night. They are getting ready for bed, and I said, Hey, Abe Montgomery, Obi, who won the Masters? And they both went... Tiger! Here's what happened yesterday. I was in high school when Tiger Woods burst onto the scene. Hey, Dad, you were probably finishing up high school when Tiger Woods burst onto the scene. So you remember what Tiger Mania was like. Starting in 96, but really ratcheting up at the Masters in 97 and basically lasting for the next decade. And there are tons and tons and tons of people just like us. But you also have an entire generation of people. And, and Rippy and Borky, I know you guys watched Tiger, but, but maybe not as closely from the very beginning. Yeah. I was five when he won his
1: first major. So didn't really get the early stages, but grew in up in 97.
2: Washington. And Rippy, you were three? Two. Two. So you were two in 97.
3: So it was a great year.
2: I guess, so. Uh, 97 was?
3: Yeah. What was so great about that when you were two? Tiger won the Masters. Fair enough.
0: There it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, Point
0: tig-
2: being in yeah. all this, there was an entire generation of fans who didn't get to experience Tiger mania the first time around. Maybe they caught kind of like the later stages, but maybe their memories of Tiger start with a car wreck and a 7-iron into a windshield and a mug shot and back fusion surgery, and then yesterday it was there on full display. And I thought that was cool for my kids. We were talking about it on the way to school this morning, so Abe Montgomery was like, o- okay, so what? what so he won the Masters yesterday. I said, okay, we talked about this last week, Ava Montgomery. Do you remember what the four major championships are? She goes, the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open, and I can't remember the last one. I said, it's okay, nobody else can either, although it's going to be so much better. <laughs> I guess my second winner on the list is the PGA Championship because now not only does it have a new date, not butted up against the start of college football season, it's a month away. A month from tomorrow, we've got the first round of the PGA Championship. Do you know how many people are going to be locked in on that because of what Tiger did yesterday? Oh, it's so good.
3: That major needs an identity really bad. Don't you think it gets it now with the May date? I mean, yeah, maybe. But, like, what is the, like, it's just random course selection, like... Yeah, but it's a good course. It Beth Page
2: Black this year, I mean, hosted an epic U.S. Open.
3: It is, but, like, last year, like, course didn't really do anything. I don't know. St. Louis find,
2: last year, is that right?
3: Yeah, they need to find some kind of, uh, some sort of identity. Like, whether they want to kill the players or let people go 20 under or play, like, American Lynx courses, something something quirky so people, like, remember it. Give me a winner, Rippy. Well, I guess Tiger Woods was the obvious one, but, hmm.
0: Hey, Dan, give me a winner. I'm going to go with college baseball for both of mine, for my winner and for for my loser. Uh, My winner is going to be Tennessee. Taking two out of three from Georgia, I don't think anybody expected that. And by proxy, Mississippi State's sort of a winner in that because Tennessee's RPI is really, really good. That is a good series win for the Bulldogs. But for Tennessee to take two out of three from Georgia when we all thought Georgia was riding high, that was very, very impressive.
2: you give me a winner.
1: Two winners. One, a guy named James Aducci. He is from Wisconsin, and for his first bet on sports ever, he put 85 grand, yeah, I wish I had that kind of money to just throw around on my first sports bet ever, on Tiger Woods to win the Masters. That netted $1.19 million on his first sports bet in his life. And then CBS executives. It was a morning start, so actually ratings were slightly, barely down from last year, but it was the highest morning golf telecast in 34 years and the afternoon rerun did a 3.4, which is better than basically all of college basketball, with the exception of the NCAA tournament. The rerun, when we know who won, did a 3.4 rating. Incredible numbers, and that's just the kind of stuff he does for golf right there.
3: You want to come back to a winner, Rippy? I guess I'll have to throw my own NBA mix in there, but the Orlando Magic stole game one in Toronto. No one really gave them much of a chance. I'm not sure they really have a chance, but big shot from D.J. Augustine. It was a fun game.
2: Uh, loser, Sandy Lyle. So close to making it to the weekend, just couldn't quite get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staying on the Sandy Lyle train. I don't know why. Uh, you guys got a loser? I'll,
0: I'll stay with college baseball. Like I said, LSU. I mean, they almost got swept up there at Missouri. They end up losing two out of three. Um Whatever ha- you know, they came down to Mississippi State and got that series, and, and more power to them. But since then, they've lost to Southern, and that's Southern University, not Southern Mississippi. And now, two out of three to Missouri. I don't know what to make of LSU. I don't know how good they really are.
2: Borky, I got a loser for you. My bank account. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't help you there. I'm going to tell you who what a loser is. A seven-inning college baseball game is a loser, and the fact that we talked about this on Friday and you guys are all jumping up and down trying to convince me that the SEC baseball tournament needs to go to seven-inning games is ridiculous. Wait a minute.
0: When you say when you say we were who is we?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What? Did you did? Come on.
0: (laughs) on Hello, boys.
2: Come on, boys. You didn't sense the sarcasm. I was laying it on pretty thick there. Borky, yeah. you got a loser? Yeah, my bank account. Based on anything in
1: particular? Yeah, my beautiful wife is 14 weeks pregnant.
0: Hey! That's a man uh, who doesn't appreciate free time or money right there.
2: May, may I? May I press pause on this little exercise and... Perhaps encourage you to rewind and not talk about the financial implications. Of being a loser, and maybe go back to the winner category <laughs> just for a second. <laughs> I can't call myself a winner. It doesn't work that way. Well, then call your wife a winner. Oh, call your unborn child a winner.
0: Yeah, Borky's having a baby. Yeah, that's the, I am congratulations. I am happy for you.
2: Hey, I got a loser for you. Somebody that decides a Game of Thrones reference is the way to announce
0: a baby on the way. <laughs> That's great.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. I'm Sports Talk, Mississippi. Those I'm are your winners and losers. Right I'm see on. what
0: Jackson, Mississippi restaurant's going to be a winner when we get to go out to dinner.
2: Shut up, hey, Dad. Sports Talk, Mississippi. <laughs> Ceasefire text line from Quinn Congrats, my man Borky. You ain't wasting no time. <laughs>
3: No, wait. No, we didn't. When we
2: called you on the honeymoon,
3: <laughs> I already did the finger math on this. I, d- I still couldn't find an answer. Okay. Math. The math doesn't work. It may or may not. I just I. I lost count. When did you get married, Borky?
1: December eighth, and it was sometime at the end of January. So no, not what uh, not what you're thinking.
2: Okay. Good.
1: Um. That was Let's my see. favorite moment of my life so far, by the way. I cannot well, believe
2: she said that to you guys. Yeah, it was, it was uh, pretty fantastic. So uh, this is a Nashville number, I think. 615 area code. Not sure who it's coming from. Um, a, f- a little while ago, with regard to Rippy, somebody pointed out, it's like, oh, wow, you're going to make the grad student not only pay a third of the bill but get the tip as well. Sorry, it's going to happen. That's uh, It's his fault. Uh, it says, does Rippy need a GoFundMe account for the dinner? Same guy follows up with, uh, does Borky need a GoFundMe account? <laughs> <laughs> my Venmo I mean, is open anytime. Yeah, I hear you, man. Venmo open. It's hard to hide money, Borky, buying a house, having a baby, announce it all in the same week. Ugh, yeah. The I'm going to hijack this
3: dinner and turn it into my like personal graduation celebration. No, it's not about, hey, Dad, he didn't win.
2: <laughs> actually a good so idea. So you're going to have to pay for your own dinner at graduation? Yeah.
3: Be a I'm not
0: sure if I want to find like a really great steak place or if I want to make you three go with me to Twin Peaks. I haven't decided yet.
3: I'm down with either.
2: Uh, I'm making an executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've been around the longest. Um, <laughs> and the executive decision is that, hey, Dad, you're not picking the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll get back to you on where we're eating. <laughs> chicken salad chicken is. Oh, God. Uh, Derek in Greenwood says, congrats, Borky. I figured it out with uh, the story you told on the air last week. C-Ray says that uh, you will um, uh, learn quickly about giving credit where it's due instead of talking about being broke. Uh, or something like that. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to baseball action this weekend. Southern Miss uh, lost 2 of 3. We talked about that with Scott Barry. Ole Miss lost 2 of 3 after winning game one on Friday night, 8-2. Lost game one of a doubleheader four to one. Lost game two of the doubleheader four to two. Had the tying runs. Actually, had the winning run on base in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning. You you can't help if you're an Ole Miss fan, but wonder how those games might have gone differently if they had been nine inning games, but they weren't nine inning games. Both teams played the same. A little bit different story in Starkville. Uh, A six to nothing win on Friday night. Uh didn't look great from a weather standpoint, but still a nine to one win. They were able to get the entire game in in that window that we were talking about on Saturday afternoon in Starkville, and then thirteen to three yesterday. Pretty impressive weekend, hey dad for the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, let's give a shout out real quick to MSU Game Operations though for finding the windows and making everything work for this weekend to get all three games in and state to get three wins. It's huge. It's like you said at the beginning of the show, Alabama they're obviously not not a great team, but if you are a good team and you play a bad team, you should beat them badly and winning three games 38 to 4 is pretty impressive. Ethan Small was really good on Friday night. Six shutout innings, he struck out 15. Uh, 15. I, was a I was a little surprised he wasn't SEC pitcher of the week, not to take anything away from Garrett Stallings who had that great complete game win over uh, Georgia, but 15 strikeouts in 6 innings is pretty impressive. Um Saturday you get Peyton Plumley out there and he really has looked good these last two starts you know you think about the start of Tennessee where obviously he had the error that that ended up you know being the losing runs but that said he's pitched really really well and he's given state a, a viable third option here and then you get JT again back on uh Sunday pitches four shutout innings he looks like his old self he's touching 93 94. On the radar gun, short outing because he'll have a short week with the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, but he looked really good. The bats looked really good, you know, Mangum, West, but the top of that order is just so solid right now. Tanner Allen has completely, seems to have shaken off his his slump. Uh, he hit the ball really, really well this weekend. Uh, Rowdy Jordan doing the same. Both those guys have raised their average, in Jordan's case, over 100 points. Uh, Allen has gone from about 240 to about 280. Uh, over the course of the past week. so This team is starting to, to hum along. They're in first place in the SEC at the halfway point, and they've put themselves in great position to not only you know be a host but to be a national seed and have a chance to host a Super Regional.
2: Why did JT again get the win yesterday? Did they like declare him pitcher of record before the game began?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he only pitched four innings. I, I never know how college baseball, and maybe you know because you call the games, I never know how they determine who wins when nobody goes five innings. So. You've,
2: you, well, no, you have to go five innings as a starter to qualify for the win mm-hmm. unless before – like, if, if you have a plan going in where you know you've got a guy who is not going to go five innings, you're only going to pitch him three innings or you're only going to pitch him four innings, you can kind of declare your starter as the pitcher of record, and they allow that to happen sometimes. Uh, because technically, Cole Gordon should have gotten the win. Yeah. If the starter doesn't go five innings – then the second guy that comes in, or, or whoever the guy is that comes in with the lead, and the lead is never surrendered, then that guy's the winner. So technically, okay. Cole Gordon then maybe should have that gotten was, the win yesterday.
0: That might have just been the plan then to you know let him throw four innings, especially when State was up uh, at you know at that point. Let me double check my my, my math here. I think they were up seven nothing. Yeah, they're up seven nothing at the end of four. So I, again, I don't know the answer to that right off the top of my head. I just know that Ginn was back, looked really good, and and if he's back. Small and Gen and now with what Plumlee has given you, that is going to be a a very tough uh, situation for the teams that remain on Mississippi State's schedule, because those three guys give the Bulldogs a great chance to win every time out.
2: Not what it might have been because of the weather and having to play the football game at the uh, at the same time. Big crowd on Saturday, but you know there had been talk about breaking the record and getting over fifteen thousand, well, a little better than eleven thousand on Saturday. Still looked pretty yeah. good, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, it, the crowd was great. Obviously, not a record crowd. But you have, like you said, the weather was was awful all morning long. So if you were driving up to Starkville, you were driving through rain, and you knew that that night there was going to be severe weather. And on top of that, you had the spring game going on, which didn't have a huge crowd by any stretch of the imagination. But it took some fans away, obviously. So, but that said, a, a great weekend for baseball at Mississippi State, and to get the sweep was important. You know, these last two series, Tennessee and Alabama, I think most people would have said, okay, those are games State should win. Well, State was five and one in those games. So if you win in the games, you should win. That's what gives you the best chance to, uh, to to compete and possibly take an SEC championship. How uh, how are the ribs? Fantastic. Didn't win. Didn't win. I'll, I'll take the blame. New guy must have screwed something up. But uh, whoever second won, place they,
2: is first loser. I think I heard recently. That's what.
0: Hey man, we weren't even second place. But that said, you know, whoever won must have had some really good ribs because the ones we put out, I thought were fantastic.
2: Did you guys have fun?
0: I had a really good time, and I put an article up today uh on supertalk.fm that sort of detailed everything and with some pictures and some of the videos i did the periscopes that i did um i had a really good time you know it, it was enjoyable i learned some things uh you know I, I knew a little bit about barbecue but i didn't know as much as i do now
2: um did you stay up all night long
0: no we got a, a cat nap in from the time we put the ribs on to, to cook to, you know, to let the, we, the time they had to cook, because once they go on the, the grill, you want to shut the grill and not sort of mess with them unless the temperature messes up, which it didn't. Uh, so I just went out to the car. I got about a three hour cat nap from three to six.
2: You went and slept in your car for
3: three hours?
0: Yeah. Well, we had to be there in case something did happen.
3: How would you have known if you were asleep?
0: Somebody would have. one of, well, We had a, a Bluetooth temperature gauge on the grill. So it would have gone off if something was going wrong and we could have gone and fixed it.
3: That's uh-huh. pretty cool. Yeah. Hi. So, so
2: you get in the driver's seat or the passenger seat?
0: I got in the driver's seat and just, just laid back. I had two Layout. jackets in the car. One was my pillow, one was my blanket.
2: There you go. So. that's good. And and you guys did like a, a test run of ribs before you actually cooked the uh Yeah, they the peedings,
0: they cooked right? uh we had four slabs that we we tested. We had different marinades, different uh, sauces on them, and we found the one we liked the best. And uh, that's what we put on the uh, the competition ribs.
3: Should have greased the judges.
0: Yeah, we tr- you know I tried to, and one guy said, "You're the guy from the radio," and I was like, "We're gonna win." He's gonna be like, "I want <laughs> I want to get that good publicity," but it didn't work out that way.
2: Yeah, and uh, as a result, that judge does not have a name. It's too no. bad for him. Yeah, it
0: could have been Too famous
2: bad right now me. Hey, did, did they tell you what was wrong with them?
0: No, no, they don't do anything like that The first judging is a blind judge You just hand them a box of, of your ribs And they take it away You never see it again, you never hear anything about it Then the next guys come They send three other judges to your tent And they you have to sit there and talk them through your process What did you use? How did you cook them? How long? Blah, blah, blah And they eat do in they front of you they taste them? They taste the ribs, yeah And then they just walk away You don't. You, they don't tell you anything
3: Sometimes sounds as intense as, like, the combine.
2: Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. I mean, I guess you would know, though, by the reaction if they took a well, bite and they were bad.
0: Right. If, and all the guys, they basically cleaned the, the rib off. There wasn't any meat left on the bone. If they had just taken a bite and walked away, you would have known something. And one of the judges did come back afterwards and say, do you have enough for I could get a slap and take home? And he took him home. But... Maybe he liked them and the other two guys didn't. I don't know. I liked them. Do you th- the media liked them because I brought three slabs into the press box afterwards. So H-
2: how many? Uh, how many different ribs setups were there that they were judging?
0: Uh, there were seven entries and ribs.
2: Do you think he went to all seven entry points and asked for a slab of ribs to take home?
0: I don't know, but I, I mean, I, I saw him go talk to some other people, and he only had our slab. But
3: mm-hmm. maybe so you gave that you gave that to him after y'all lost. I would have told him to kick rocks.
0: Well, we didn't know we had lost at that point. We were still waiting.
2: Well, wait you should go. have waited, but you should have told him, "Yes, you can absolutely have a slab of ribs just as soon as we find out the results."
0: Yeah, that uh, should have gone that way.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi is a Renaissance Bank Studio. Kick
0: rocks.
3: Sports
2: Talk Mississippi. Sports talk brought to you by Mississippi Land Bank. If you've got land financing or refinancing needs, well, they can help. If you're in North Mississippi, branch locations spread out across the northern part of the state. Mississippi Land Bank services the northern 32 counties in the state of Mississippi. If you need equipment, need to refinance, need to finance a a new piece of property, or anything related to land or the purchase of land, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They know the lay of the land. mslandbank.com Going to be with you this afternoon. Um, The news dump from Baton Rouge yesterday. LSU issues a statement about 7.30 last night. The LSU Athletics Department today agreed to reinstate Will Wade as head coach of the Tiger basketball program. Coach Wade met Friday with university and NCAA officials. During those meetings, he answered all questions and denied any wrongdoing in connection with recently reported allegations of irregularities in college basketball recruiting. little slap on the wrist here. The university regrets that Coach Wade did not choose to fulfill his obligations to LSU when he was first asked to do so. However... The seriousness of the allegations and Coach Wade's prior refusal to refute them could not be ignored without exposing the university and the basketball program to great risk. Protecting LSU and preserving our integrity must always be our first priority. Coach Wade's explanations and clarifications offered during the meeting, absent actual evidence of misconduct, satisfies contractual obligation to LSU. Accordingly, I have recommended that Coach Wade's suspension be lifted, and that he should be allowed to resume his coaching responsibilities. President Alexander has accepted this recommendation. That's the statement from Joe Oliva. What do you think, boys? They don't expect us to actually believe any word
1: of
3: that, do they? Absolutely not, but this rules. This is a power move, and... I mean, yeah, exactly. What, what was that part of the statement? Absent of any evidence, he's yes. on a wiretap. Like, of course, they don't actually expect anyone to believe this, but like, so I don't like. I don't understand suspending him. I, I guess like they felt the need to do so when he did not cooperate or whatever initially. I guess I can kind of get that, but like, like what good does it do firing him until you absolutely have to? Like, I, I think I kind of like this move. Yeah, I mean what does LSU have to lose, honestly? Exactly. And it's kind of like a prove it. That's exactly what they've just said. Yeah, which they probably can, but still, power move. My question is, this meeting was
1: not just with Will Wade and Joe Oliva. It'd be different if it was just with those two where, I mean, that's the decision that Joe Oliva made. But there were NCAA investigators in this meeting. And Joe Oliva decided to reinstate him anyway. So that makes me ask a couple of questions. One, did the NCAA sign off on this? Did they, were they satisfied with the answers or, or non-answers that were given to them in this meeting? And two, is another meeting coming? Because if they either signed off on it or will not have another meeting, then we might as well just start the process of breaking off from the Power Five. You have a coach on a federal wiretap discussing specific details about an offer a player and his family got to play for him and he is has been reinstated after meeting with NCAA investigators. So if they signed off on this, then you might as well just go cheat your butt off. You freeze, tweet all you want to about come at me, bro, because they're not coming after anybody if this doesn't get punished
2: at all. Maybe that's the difference. Will Wade didn't tweet come at me, bro, except to his boss.
3: But he's the only statement that Will
2: Wade
3: I understand Allegedly. Allegedly. I say say that somewhat I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but like you had that report of Sean Miller and it turned out to kind of I guess we don't know how it turned out yet, but like he's still around. He is. I don't know for how much longer, but Arizona's told the NCAA to kick rocks. LSU has
2: now told the NCAA to kick rocks. Sean Miller's final game
1: this season, though, he took the microphone and had a very odd, I've been so lucky to coach here, like kind of like a goodbye impromptu press
2: conference after his last game. They hadn't fired him, though. And he hasn't quit.
3: Yeah. Still getting the direct deposit.
2: That direct deposit's coming once a month to his checking account, and it's got six figures and a comma. So how can they get away with this? Well, they may or may not get away with it. Or are they doing
1: this straight in the investigator's face? Are Are they really, I joked about this on Twitter last night, are they really saying, forget you NCAA, middle fingers in the air, we do what we want, we don't care what you say. Is that really, could that be going on here?
3: I mean, reading it, that's kind of what I pictured is like the Wolf of Wall Street Thing where he chucks the lobsters at the dudes when they're coming off the boat? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, I mean, because how else could that have gone? Like, the NCAA investigators aren't dumb. Like I imagine go,
2: uh, so there's this story with regard to a uh, wiretap where you were discussing an offer. Tell us a little bit more about that. At which point his attorney breaks in and says, if you have a question for my client, feel free to ask it. Right. So he asks a question, Will Wade denies it. They ask another question. Will Wade denies it. Ask another question.
3: Will Wade denies it. We're done here. Right, but no one in the room is actually like like it's all theater. Like I mean it, it
2: feels like it probably was all theater. Wouldn't you like to really know? What conversations did Will Wade and Joe Oliva have? I'm sorry. What conversations did some representation of LSU have with Will Wade's attorney prior to this meeting happen? Because they had a plan going in. There's no way that meeting occurs where Joe Oliva wants to talk to Will Wade and the NCAA wants to talk to Will Wade, where LSU. Its representation and Will Wade's representation did not have a plan on how that was going to go. No way!
3: Sounds like the plan worked, though.
2: LSU got what it needed. They got Will Wade on the record, denying anything that happened, and they put the ball squarely in the NCAA's court saying, Prove it! So does... They must believe that he's not going to have to testify.
3: Does he coach their season opener next year? Yes or no? I probably lean wheels yes. of
2: justice seem to move pretty slowly. It's gonna it's gonna be a different looking team though.
3: Still,
1: it, it all depends on what's going to happen here in nine days. And if Richard, if you're right, if he doesn't have to testify, then yeah, he's coaching game one next year. I agree. But if he gets called to the stand and the wiretap gets played, it kind of muddies that water.
2: Well, We've already been told what's on the wiretap. Does, does, does hearing it with our own ears as opposed to just reading it change anything? I mean, is this like... Yeah, I think so.
1: Only just because... It, even though... I, None of us doubt that Yahoo's story is accurate. The fact that it would be played and you would hear word for word and know exactly word for word without sources close to the investigation telling you what it is, it does change things a little bit.
3: Hmm. You look like you wanted to say something, Rippy. No, I, I think this is awesome. <laughs> like, I'm all for this is getting as weird as possible because, like... I don't know if this will actually like bring any sort of change, but doesn't it feel like like when you bring the FBI and the NCAA in the same room, like that's probably as good a chance as you're going to have?
2: Anthony says the NCAA does not have evidence. The FBI has evidence. I would bet his lawyer told them both to kick rocks. But I would just about is- bet the NCAA cannot legally use FBI evidence to penalize Wade. Why not?
1: I mean, they write their own rules. They change their own rules to get to conclusions in investigations. We've seen it firsthand. Why would this time be any different? hold
2: on. What was the deal in the Miami investigation with Nevin Shapiro? Did they pay for the evidence from an investigator? They somehow illegally obtained, or at least against their own rules, obtained evidence that was from a criminal investigation, tried to use it, in their penalty phase, and got the whole thing thrown out in their face.
3: Right. But wasn't that the whole thing where, like, didn't they restructure the rules to where they can do the whole immunity thing? Isn't that how the immunity thing started? Oh,
2: are we going to give somebody immunity in this deal?
3: No, I was just like, to Borky's point, like, they screwed up the Miami thing and then changed the rules to ensure that, like, something like that doesn't happen again.
2: Yeah, but immunity's been used for a long time. That didn't come... Didn't just come into vogue when during Miami's investigation.
1: And they don't have to use the FBI's reporting; they can use Yahoo's report, and that's more than enough. Than they that then not if they used. can't prove it. Have they needed to prove it before? What has stopped the NCAA from putting allegations down mm. without hard proof? Ask Southern well, Miss.
2: No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So. Kick rocks apparently is the uh, the operative term that we're using today. I like it. It's what the NCAA was told by LSU for all practical purposes over the weekend. There we go, we're going to Zeppelin on a Monday. Sports Talks Mississippi, in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Scott, Rippey. Hey, Dad has left us for the day, but. Jim Gallagher Jr. joins us right now on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out Favorites.com and go with the home team. Jim, I appreciate you jumping back on with us. I just, uh, I, I'm just, i curious from your perspective, uh, a guy who has played at the highest level, who's covered the game for a long time, how do you describe what we saw yesterday, Sunday, second nine at the Masters, Tiger Woods charging, or holding everybody off, not having a big mistake. How do you describe it?
5: Well, I, you know, it's it's just one of those big wow moments, historical uh, things. I don't think that any of us would have dreamed two years ago we could have ever said, "Yeah, that's going to happen." You know, seeing him physically, his golf game deteriorating, everything deteriorating, and even he said he may never play again. Uh, and and. I don't know. It, it, there's always that argument. Is it the greatest thing in sports? The greatest comeback ever? I mean, Hogan got hit by a bus, and you know, for golf-wise, and they did, made the comeback. So, it's hard to say. It's hard to say that it's 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 a top two or three comebacks in golf. Maybe sports. I mean, the Miracle on Ice. You got several other things, but he was a guy that just you know, at the Tour Championship, I, I just saw a completely different guy that looked healed, physically, mentally. And, uh, man, I mean, I, I know, you know, just watching it, I felt like he'd have a good week. He always have to kind of feel like he's going to play well. But I, like many, didn't think we'd ever see that. We didn't think he'd ever see him play, let alone win tournaments, let alone win the Masters or any major again.
2: Jim, do you think there was a point where Tiger Woods fell out of love with golf and then somewhere along the way rediscovered his love and his passion for the game?
5: You know, I. I think he fell to the point where he wasn't competing, missing cuts. Uh, you know, when he was, when he had the chipping yips, whatever you want to call it. I think he reached the all-time low in playing, uh, and that's. I don't know so much. You lose a little of the love, but you just you lose that confidence that you can do it. And golf is such a. That was one of the greatest things and assets he had was his confidence in his mind. Uh, not only did he think he was going to beat you you thought he was going to beat you. And he knew that you thought he was going to beat you. So he had those three things going for him. And those were the amazing things about him that, uh, you know, Nicholas was one of the few other great minds that I thought could have really maybe competed with that. But, man, I'm just telling you, it was it was something to watch. And, you know, he missed a few putts early, uh, but he hung in there. He, he, he was very patient. He never, he never really looked wild. He played a lot like Jack used to play it precise and a man that knew what was happening. Now, he had some help, you know, uh, Molinari hitting it in the water at 12. I know, you know, the wind started swirling, and I was watching it, and, and this is one of the few times I sat down and, and and other than when I'm working and watched the entire round. And you could see that while watching the weather because we knew we had to go through our state uh, just the night before, and we knew it was coming. And I think right about then is when the wind started swirling, And, you know, Kepka makes a couple putts. We're talking about Brooks. So uh, I just think when you look at the whole week, the start of the week or just before the week started with the women being able to play at Augusta and the first, uh, you know, Augusta National amateur for women playing and Jennifer Kepcho winning and that historical uh, day there or that couple tournaments, and you bookend it with Tiger winning, uh, it, it couldn't have been scripted any better for the Masters and Augusta National
2: you kind of alluded to the the intimidation factor that existed years ago when tiger was the tiger that a lot of us remember do you think it was in play yesterday with with, with the roars on the golf course and with it feeling like he was healthy and in contention do, do you think that played a role
5: it could have i just think the golf course is just that kind of golf course you know you just sit there and and no lead is safe and you know, I think if if uh, francisco hits it over the water on twelve, it may have been a different story, and he was hanging in there. But uh, the intimidation, uh, not necessarily like we saw in the past. Uh, we just saw, you know. I remember somebody saying years ago, a young player and David Duvall made the greatest comeback. And somebody said, "Oh, I'd love to be able to play against Tiger head to head." No, you wouldn't have. You shouldn't want any huh. part of that. You know. And my wife just asked me that yesterday. I go. Man, as much as I wished I could have, but no, <laughs> I don't think I could have done it. Uh, he was just that good. It would have been fun to try, but, man, I mean, it, it was it was something I never dreamed I'd ever see. Uh, you know, to me, of course, I'm showing my age a little bit, Jack winning, you know, at 46 years old was something that everybody knows where you were, and I think David Duvall said it last night on uh, Live From, I mean, this was another one of those, I know where I was when Tiger won. Uh, And you could just see everything that was built up in him and all the things that he had gone through and thinking it was over and that that pure joy and to be able to, nothing more special than to be able to share it with your family and his two kids who weren't, you know, they weren't even around. Uh, Charlie wasn't even born when he won last time. So, I mean, it was kind of like, man, they got to finally witness what their dad and how great their dad is and uh, something my kids really didn't get to witness because they were too young to really remember.
2: Yeah, the the image of, of Charlie in that red T shirt with black shorts and black Nike cap turned around backwards just jumping into his dad's arms and embracing him is I, I think that's the lasting image of this tournament. I know everybody wanna put wants to put it side by side with the image of him hugging Earl, and I get that the whole come full circle thing exists, but as a dad who's got a son that's about the age of Charlie Woods, I, I can only imagine in that setting i know what it feels like when i walk in the front door at the end of the day and my kids run and jump in my arms and give me a hug and act like they're glad to see me i can't imagine it walking off of the 18th at augusta given all that he's been through
5: i, agree. I totally agree i mean if you didn't shed a tear right then then there's something wrong with you uh and it was a cool moment you know and, and i remember Sissy goes, can we get to hear Do we get to hear the interview are they going to cut no it was cool and you and i talked about it this morning I mean, we got to watch it early. We went to early service. We came out. And we started watching, and and it was great to go to be able to watch it and really have that whole afternoon. Uh, and, and you almost wanted to watch it again because you really didn't just believe what you just saw. You know, it's almost like I got to watch that again to see if they really, if you really did win. Because I, I just think it was that kind of moment.
2: Jim Gallagher, Jr. on your radio, Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com. Appreciate Jim giving us a few minutes this afternoon. I was struck kind of watching when I got home last night, all the replay on the Golf Channel, the live from, the the interviews with the other players, for Brooks Kepka to talk so glowingly about Tiger, for Ricky Fowler to hang around and, and talk about how much it meant. You, you know all these guys are competitive, and and maybe these are guys that have kind of gotten to know Tiger through the Ryder Cup and, and other stuff off the course, but he's never exactly had the reputation of being a super nice guy on the golf course. Why is it that that all of his competitors were so happy about him winning yesterday?
5: That's a great question. I mean, I don't really obviously know what's in their minds, but I think for them he was the reason a lot of them he was the he was the he was the model he was the goal he was the bar that was set they watched him growing up they watched him as kids he was their hero and they never dreamed they'd ever get to compete against him let alone see what we saw you know the final round uh and this generation is a little different than maybe my generation i mean they hang out they're a little bit tighter uh they congratulate each other they're friends i think with tiger but if you watched him he was Tiger Sunday. It wasn't like you know hanging out like we was with Kevin Nall, having fun out there. This was serious business, and we saw a Tiger Woods that we've saw for years, and he had that look, uh, and and he had it in his eyes. And I think Sissy said it too. She goes, "I just knew this morning when I saw it in his eyes that he's winning, because he's had that when he gets that look. Man, it's whew, it's like when you stare at a dog; the dog turns away. Everybody else used to turn their head away when he was doing those with that look, and." And I think everybody was just really kind of like you and I and any other golf fan out there. I mean, we won. Everybody was part of that, to see him come back like that. We all, uh, for the golf fans out there, we all felt like we won, and and golf definitely did.
2: To to your credit, you picked it on our air, and I'm sure you picked it other places, but uh, on, on Thursday of last week. So nice work on the pick. Beth Page Black for the PGA, Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open, Royal Portrush uh, for the Open Championship this year. Does he get another one this year?
5: He could. I mean, if it was lined up any better, and we talked about it even Thursday, I mean, these are the, at least three of the four I know, he's won on, he's had success. Uh, I was just shocked how long it was between wins at, at Augusta. I had totally forgotten that. Uh, but he could. I mean, it's going to be cold up in Augusta. In, uh, in New York, and May, now that the PGA's gone to May, uh, and there's a lot of good players. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, if he stays healthy and stays the way he's playing, he's got to be up there as a favorite. Um, you know, it just depends on the golf course. Uh, it's a long golf course, and there's a lot of good players. Uh, but mm-hmm. It just was a special week. I don't know that, you know, when the time comes, you pick him, but I just had that gut. I mean, I usually miss him. I usually am not really. When I get paid to say it, I miss it all the time. <laughs> it's just... You know, when I do it for free, I get it right. So maybe, you know, that's the cool part of it. But, I mean, I just have I'll
2: to... buy your lunch next time I see you. How about that?
5: Then I get feel like I got paid then, exactly. There you go. I just had feeling that he was going to have a good week, and I think you're going to see that uh, he's going to compete with those guys. Uh, but Brooks Kefka is a heck of a player, and, and you got to watch for him. Dustin Johnson, you almost didn't even watch him. And he almost won. So there are a lot of guys having that, and it's going yep. to be fun. Dustin in great hands, and it's going to be fun to watch.
2: Jim, you're the best. Thanks for your time. Let's talk soon. All
5: right, buddy. Thank you.